right to freedom given in article 9 hello students welcome to the new learning platform that is kvs podcast we'll be starting very first chapter of class 8th ncert polity that is indian constitution now before we understand what constitution is let's understand why there is a need to study constitution or why the requirement of the need to frame constitution actually came into being now if we talk about any game let's say if we talk about football and if i play football with hand will it be okay it won't be because the rules of the game explains that if you catch the ball by hand it would be considered as the foul similarly if you are going to school you have to be there in school uniform if you are writing exam you have to answer only those question that had been asked in a question paper you cannot take any question and write any answer you want you will not score for that those are certain rules that have been defined for certain things and for a society for a country which is as big as india any other nation when we talk about there is requirement for the rules to be formulated and once these rules are framed in the country when we can either write rules or we can just take them as oral rules these oral rules being prevalent during ancient period only but if we talk about present context we need to write those rules that is known as constitution so what basically a constitution does is it guarantees us it explains us what is right and what is wrong it helps us to demarcate and understand what we should do and what are the things that we must follow the constitution of india is the supreme law of india it is the longest written constitution of any country on earth having 25 parts 448 articles and 12 schedules dr bhimrao ambedkar chairman of the drafting committee is widely considered to be its chief art- architect the document lays down the framework demarcating fundamental political code structure procedures parts and the duties of government institution and sets out the fundamental rights directive principles and the duties of citizen it imparts constitutional supremacy and was adopted by its people with a declaration in its preamble parliament cannot override the constitution it was adopted by the constituent assembly of india on 26 november 1949 and became effective on 26 january 1950 the constitution replaced the government of india act 1935 as the country's fundamental governing document and the dominion of india became the republic of india ensured constitutional autonomy its framers repealed prior acts of british parliament in article 395 india celebrates its constitution on 26 january as republic day the constitution declares india a sovereign socialist secular democratic republic assuring its citizens justice equality and liberty and endeavors to promote fraternity the original 1950 constitution is preserved in a helium filled case at the parliament house in new delhi the words secular and socialist were added to the preamble in 1976 during the emergency 
Today, most countries in the world have a constitution, while all democratic countries are likely to have a constitution. But it is not necessary that all countries that have a constitution are democratic. The constitution serves several purposes. First, it lays out certain ideals that forms the basis of the kinds of country that we as citizens aspire to live in. Or put another way, a constitution tell us what the fundamental nature of our society is. The country is usually made up of different communities and of people who share certain beliefs but may not necessarily agree on all issues. A constitution helps to serve as a set of rules and principles that all persons in a country can agree upon as the basis of the way in which they want the country to be governed. This includes not only the type of government but also an agreement on certain ideals that they all believe the country should uphold. So as we said, there are certain rules and principles which must be agreed by all people. Now let's say in a class of numerous students, one of the students is asked to become a monitor and he randomly blames any other student in the class for not obeying and complains the teacher and the student without doing anything gets a punishment from the teacher. So what could be that? It could be a kind of misuse of the power we can say because the child who has become the monitor of the class is misusing his or her power and giving punishment to the child who is the innocent and doing not and done nothing. Similarly, you must check whether a dominant group or a majority is not using a power against less dominant group. For example, in a class there are a majority of boys and girls and teacher decides to work around what majority say so that would be kind of biased opinion. It is very important to check that the dominant group and the majority group is not using the power against the minority group. Protecting the minority and their rights again became a very important concern and whatever decisions are taken should be a kind of holistic decision which involves whole of the society and not just a few. Now, if you talk now, if you know about the case study of Nepal, that's really very interesting because recently Nepal was monarchy. Monarchy, that means king rule. The previous constitution of Nepal, which had been adopted in 1990, reflected the fact that final authority rested with the king. A people's movement in Nepal fought for several decades to establish democracy and in 2006, they finally succeeded in putting an end to the power of the king. The people had to write a new constitution to establish Nepal as a democracy. The reason that they did not want to continue with the previous constitution is because it did not reflect the ideals of the country that they want Nepal to be and they have fought for. It is not important just to quote here but also important how things change and once the things change there is a drastic changes that would occur. Now it is a democratic nation and having governing constitution since 2015. When we talk about Indian constitution let's talk about some of the key features that being evolved through national movement during British rule. 
it laid the foundations of free india where we talked about the equality opportunity freedom liberty and so on idea was to provide justice and equal participation to each and everyone so different communities different cultures came together and laid the foundation of constitution the first one is federalism so federalism is the existence of more than one level of government in the country in india we can see we have three tier structures central government in the center state government in the state and panchayati raj at local level we can say that we have uh, two uh, tiers in the third local level also that is urban uh, that is for urban and village administration next we have uh, a form of government that is parliamentary form of government under which we have universal adult suffrage that we citizens have a right to vote and elect our own leaders irrespective of caste creed and gender differences the next is separation of power according to the constitution there are three organs of government these are the legislature the executive and the judiciary the legislature refers to our elected representative legislature that is how elected uh, representatives behave so at the state level we have vidhan sabha and vidhan parishad at national level we have lok sabha and rajya sabha so it is actually we have a elected representative that is all, that is that is a part of legislature the executive is a smaller group of people who are responsible for implementing laws and running the administration the judiciary refers to the system of courts in the country we have state level high courts and at central level we have supreme courts and so on each organs acts as a check on the other organs of the government and this ensures the balance of power among all three now comes the fundamental rights fundamental rights and directive principle of state policy these are two things that we must understand the fundamental rights are mentioned in the part 3 of the constitution however directive principle of state policies are mentioned in part 4 of the constitution under directive principle of state policies we say that we aim to provide social and economic reforms for the state and the nation and for more and more benefits of the people however under fundamental rights we say it's a conscience of indian constitution it is basically a kind of basic right that we must be provided to each and every individual it helps us to protect us from any misuse of power by the state it help us to provide and to protect the citizen from arbitrary power are the absolute and therefore it is very important finally the last pillar that we talk about is secularism secularism says the official constitution will not say that we practice so and so religion everyone would be independent and would have the right to practice their own religion and therefore we say india is a secular country or state as it does not officially promote any one religion as a state religion so these are the pillars of indian constitution that we talked about now coming on to the details of fundamental rights There are six fundamental rights recognized by the Indian Constitution: right to equality, given in Article fourteen to eighteen, nineteen to twenty-two; right to against exploitation; right against exploitation, given in Article twenty-three, twenty-four; 
right to freedom of religion given in article 25 to 28 cultural and educational rights given in article 29 30 and very important right to constitutional remedy given in 32 to 35 so in the very first article the right to equality it includes equality before the law and the prohibition of discrimination on the ground of religion race caste gender or the place of birth equality of opportunity in matter of employment and abolition of untouchability and abolition of title the second one is that is right to freedom it includes freedom of speech and expression assembly association or union or cooperative movements residence and right to practice any profession and occupation the third one that is right against exploitation it prohibits all form of forced labor child labor and trafficking of human being the fourth one is right to freedom of religion it includes freedom of conscience and free profession practice and propagation of religion freedom to manage religious affair freedom from certain tax and freedom from religious instructions in certain educational institution the fifth one is cultural and educational rights preserve the right of any section of citizen to conserve their culture language or script and right of minority to establish and administer educational institution of their choice and the last and very important that is right to constitutional remedy is present for enforcement of fundamental rights the right to constitutional remedy is considered to be the most important fundamental right because it ensures the protection of our fundamental right it helps the citizen in moving court in case of violation of their fundamental right the right to privacy is an intrinsic part of article 21 the right to freedom that protects the life and liberty of the citizen the right to privacy is the newest right assured by the supreme court of india it assures the people's data and personal security next that need to be discussed is fundamental duties the fundamental duties of citizens were added to the constitution by 42nd amendment in 1976 originally 10 in number the fundamental duties were increased to 11 by the 86th amendment in 2002 which added a duty on every parents or guardian to ensure that their child or ward was provided opportunities for education between the age of 6 and 14 years the fundamental duties noted in the constitution are as follows it shall be the duty of every citizen of india first to abide by the constitution and respect its ideals and institutions the national flag and the national anthem second to cherish and follow the noble ideals which inspired our national struggle for freedom third one is to uphold and protect the sovereignty and unity and integrity of india fourth one to defend the country and render national service when called upon to do so fifth is to promote harmony and the spirit of common brotherhood amongst all the people of india transcending religious linguistic regional or sectional diversity to renounce practices derogatory to the dignity of women sixth one is to value and preserve the rich heritage of our composite culture seventh is to protect and improve the natural environment including forest 
lake, river, wildlife and to have compassion for living creature. Earth one is to develop the scientific temper, humanism and the spirit of inquiry and reform. Ninth one is to safeguard public property and to abjure violence. Tenth is to strive towards excellence in all spheres of individual and collective activity so that the nation constantly rises to higher level of endeavor and achievement. And the last, that is eleventh one, that being added in 2002 is who is a parent or guardian to provide opportunity for education to his child or as the case may be, what between the age of 6 to 14 years. So dear student, we have learnt about constitution, its need, aims and idols, case study of Nepal, key features of Indian constitution, fundamental rights, directive principles, fundamental duties. Now your work is to read picture based story of your textbook and complete activities given. We will be get back with some new topics. Thank you. Jai Hind.